you get a new job today, most of the time you're automatically enrolled in a 401k. And I'm not saying don't ever do a 401k. Sometimes they're all right, but it's not the be all end all. A lot of people think, oh, if I have a 401k, I'm set for retirement. No, you're not. Most people, when I see retire with a, only a 401k, they're very disappointed as to the amount of money they have. So Wall Street doesn't want people to know about it, but here's what's crazy. And there's some books on this. And you can go look at the bank balance sheets at the FDIC website. Guess where these banks and financial institutions invest their money? Primarily, they own billions of dollars worth of cash value life insurance. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have Barry Brooksby here with me today, and uh, he is an investing expert in real estate and something called infinite banking that we're going to get into. He is the CEO and founder of Focus Wealth Group for the past 21 years, and get this, has placed over $2 billion and death benefit, death benefit protections for clients. Uh, he takes very complex topics that we're going to get into and simplifies them uh, so that we can go in to learn an amazing strategy um, called infinite banking that we're going to hop into. So with that, Barry, welcome to Money Talkers. Thank you, Cody. Appreciate you having me. Well, listen, man, I'm excited about this topic because I know very well i know enough to be a little bit dangerous where i could probably mess up the explanations and the and the things about it but um tell me this you've been uh for 21 years as the ceo and founder of focus wealth group so tell me what you guys do yeah primarily we're working with clients all over the country and we're focused on two main goals helping clients increase their wealth and income but then also lowering their taxes if you think about the number one eroding factor of money you make or pretty much anyone makes, it's taxes. So we help people grow money guaranteed and tax-free. Yeah, I, I, well, because I'm a finance nerd, I have done the addition of all the different taxes that we pay and realize it's insane how much money we give back to the government. <laughs> and so, um, but so, so let's, op let's, let's kind of start peeling the onion back, right? And so when we talk about keeping money and keeping it uh, protected from taxes, what are you talking about? Think about traditional investing. Most people here in the U.S. have a 401k or an IRA, some qualified plan that's a government plan. And that's okay, but they don't realize that following the crowd isn't always the right thing to do. What I mean by that, Cody, is there are three major problems with these government qualified plans. When you put money in a 401k or an IRA, number one, 
you're paying fees that you don't recognize or even see that you're paying. It's a high fee type of product. Two, there's market volatility. The money's going to go up, it's going to go down. And at the end of the day, you don't really know what you're going to have in retirement. So a lot of people are crossing their fingers and hoping for a good outcome. But what if you were wanting to retire in 2009 and you dealt with the crash of 08 and you lose 40% of your portfolio? It's just a, it's a very uncontrolled way to invest. And then the third major problem when you take money out of those 401ks or IRAs, it's 100% taxable. And chances are you might be in the same tax bracket or even a higher tax bracket in retirement than you are today. If you look at the debt that the US government's in our country today, we're approaching $29 trillion. And just in the last few months, we've added about 6 trillion, which is ridiculous. Well, how does it get paid for? And all these other government programs, it is going to probably be through higher taxation. This is a blanket statement, but nine out of 10 times, I encourage people to pay their tax today because we are in relatively low brackets right now. We have deductions, we have write-offs, we have expenses that can bring down our adjusted gross income and taxable income. Now, if we're building money in buckets that are tax-free, we don't have to worry about those future higher tax rate, rates or tax brackets. So, because you mentioned on another thing on there, um, I know for me, it's always taxes and inflation are the invisible killers, right? That people just don't see, um, you know, and it, it is, uh, it, it, you are subject to the volatility of the markets. You know, I think a lot of people have forgotten that, that we've been in this, 12 year, basically 13 year bull market, you know, that we have, you've got a lot of young people um, that haven't, that, you know, they might've been around in the 08 deal um, and been through some things, but I would say I would never have understood that in fourth grade, the way I would have felt it when I was owning a mortgage company and a real estate company and a real estate investor in 08, like I was right. I wouldn't have ever understood the actual feeling of watching an asset evaporate you know yeah. and it's yeah. and it's <laughs> and so i wanted you to touch on that a bit about um so this is the concept right that we're, we're talking about is, is is this the part you you teach around infinite banking yeah and i give that comparison and lay that foundation because i want people to know that when you have an infinite banking policy it's a high cash value whole life insurance a contract we're not into it necessarily for the insurance, although it's an asset and I teach clients that there are living benefits and ways to use your death benefit while you're alive. It's called life insurance. You should use it while you're alive. It's not called death insurance. But the difference is this, in a properly structured infinite banking, high cash value whole life policy, Cody, you have guaranteed growth. There is no volatility. So you're earning uninterrupted compound interest. And the only true way to capitalize on compound interest is if you have a guarantee or you can control what you're investing in. A lot of financial advisors talk about compound interest in a market-based investment, but if you can lose money, you're going to lose compounding. So because this is guaranteed, it's uninterrupted compound interest. Two, the cash value is liquid. 
you're growing money inside the life insurance policy. You don't have to wait till you're 59 and a half to access money like you do in a 401k or an IRA. And then three, my favorite benefit of all, you're growing money tax-free. If done correctly, you've got this large bucket of money in retirement that you can now draw down on for income and you don't have to worry about the taxation. So let's hop into this part of guaranteed growth, right? Because that one makes my ears perk up and I'm sure it probably makes people go, all right, what kind of scam is this, right? Because immediately, you know, nothing goes up forever. We all know the, uh, we all know all the axioms out there, right? Of like, of, uh, of, you know, um, <laughs> if something's guaranteed, it's probably, you know, what's it, what's the guarantee worth type of deal, right? So explain, let's hop into like, how does high cash value insurance guarantee growth? Yep. Number one, you have to be with a company that is solvent and time tested. So all the companies I use are either fraternal or mutual life insurance companies, meaning the companies are owned by the policyholders. They've all been in business for over 145 years. So these are some of America's North American companies strongest in the industry and they pay dividends. So as we sit today in 2021, there's a 4% guarantee that they pay out and it's a guarantee. You never lose money. And from one year to the next, you're always making more money because of the compounding. In addition to the guarantee, Cody, they also pay a dividend. And these companies have paid dividends for 145 years plus, meaning they're profitable every year. Instead of those profits going back to investors, because this is a mutual company, they come back to us as policyholders, as owners of the company, and we get to participate in the profits and those dividends of the company. So I say, on average, you're going to earn roughly a 5% net tax-free rate of return. And if you compare that to a market-based investment after you factor in taxes, fees, and volatility, that's like earning 8 to 10% every year without ever having a losing year in the market, which we know is impossible. The market doesn't work that way. So 5% tax-free in a life insurance policy is remarkable, in my opinion. So how do you not lose money, though? Like, how does it not, how, how do you, how does the value of what you've put in stay there? So the insurance companies, they are guaranteeing the dollars. They're primarily investing your money in guaranteed corporate bonds. So they in turn get a guarantee, therefore they can give us a guarantee. But here's something that a lot of people don't know about. Life insurance companies use what's called actuarial science. They know, based on the law of large numbers, how many people will pass away in a given year. And they even plan for pandemics like we're dealing with right now. So this isn't new to them. They've been through the world wars. I mean, you're talking 145 plus year old companies, the Great Depression, the crash of 08. This is what they plan for. And through their actuarial science models, they're able to give us a guarantee. They're not investing our money in stocks and mutual funds and taking risks. They're getting guarantees themselves. They do have some commercial real estate and some lending in real estate, but primarily it's guaranteed returns for their company. 
yeah triple triple a borrowers i'm assuming <laughs> yeah bonds and, and guarantees so because of those guarantees they can pass those guarantees on to us and in a mutual or fraternal company they're not looking to make a killing for profits because they're in it to do business for us as the policy holders they're not in it like a stock company mm-hmm. to appease investors on a quarterly return basis. They just want to make a small margin, run the company, be successful, and then those profits come back to us as policyholders. Yeah, I think the intention has a big, big part of that um, with the mutuals because you know it's it's you know people say, well, aren't they? You know, the insurance companies are trying to make as much money as possible, and you know, there's a big difference between. Uh, I don't know, the Geico's of the world, right? Like, in, and, and then an actual mutual where Geico's, you know, got a stock price to worry about. They've got ups and downs and they've got, you know, different CEOs coming in with different objectives and moving these things. And then you've got mutuals basically where, like you, like you said, like their, their main goal is not profitability to the bottom line, you know, year in, year out. It's strength of the company, right? That's true. Absolutely. And that mindset difference is very different. And I think a lot of people would not normally consider that as a, uh, as a divergent, you know, uh, path for these insurance companies, they just get lumped together and say, oh, these insurance companies are all scam artists, you know, yeah. type of deal. And so, um, <clears throat> so we've covered, we hit the guaranteed growth because it's basically, they have built a fortress of being able to make enough to do those things, right. To make those guarantees. And that's the primary goal is to make sure that those guarantees are staying in place. And that, so they, they are not firing 10,000 people and then hiring back 10,000 people and they're doing all these things because they're, they're, it's like a glacier moving. Right. Yeah. So they just have to know, okay, what is payroll going to be next year? And then it's that, and they just have to make this much amount of here and they can, you know, line them up. I don't imagine it's probably a pretty, I wouldn't say easy business to run, but I imagine it's a little better and easier now that they've got 145 years about it. Cause I was trying to think about that in my head and I think it's what, 1876. Yeah. And some, <laughs> no, 1866. And right? some companies I use are even older than that. That's, that's like the youngest of the companies. <laughs> I use. And I mean, think about the, where we were then to be able to have a business that lasted that way. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's just, uh, that's, that's, just mind boggling, you know, that we have the ability to have something enduring that long. And so how come, well, let me ask you this. Why, what, in your opinion, what do you, why do you think more people don't know about infinite banking? Like, why is it not, you know, front and center for people when they start talking about investments? Yeah. I love this question. It's going to be a sound like a silly answer. But ultimately, Wall Street and financial institutions and advisors don't want you to know about it. And here's why. Think about your 401k or IRA. When you're investing money there, it's primarily in mutual funds or ETFs or stocks. Those investments have fees. And whether you make money or lose money, guess what? Wall Street and the money managers and financial advisors are always making money. Even if you lose, it's crazy to me. You would think that, oh, you lose money. We're not going to make money this year. They don't. They still make money. Any dollar that you put into a life insurance policy that grows cash value guaranteed is a dollar that they don't get, Cody, to earn fees off of. And think about this. You get a new job today 
most of the time you're automatically enrolled in a 401k. And I'm not saying don't ever do a 401k. Sometimes they're all right, but it's not the be all end all. A lot of people think, oh, if I have a 401k, I'm set for retirement. No, you're not. Most people, when I see retire with a, only a 401k, they're very disappointed as to the amount of money they have. So Wall Street doesn't want people to know about it, but here's what's crazy. And there's some books on this and you can go look at the bank balance sheets at the FDIC website. Guess where these banks and financial institutions invest their money? Primarily, they own billions of dollars worth of cash value life insurance. Yet they're selling us the mutual funds, the IRAs, but you have to ask your question, the question, why do they invest in life insurance? Why do the wealthy, why do politicians, why do businesses and corporations and banks own lots of life insurance because of the guarantees, the liquidity and the tax free use of money. So they do it the way we want the benefits, but unfortunately, they're selling other things because they want to earn the fees off of what we call money under management. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, if you start thinking back into 1876, I'm not sure when the stock market started up in New York Stock Exchange, but I don't even know if it's that old. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I don't even know if it was there. Uh, and that, definitely not in the access and things that it is today. Um, so when you talk about this is a strategy into the wealthy, right? As we mentioned that, um, which I, I am a big fan of copying success as opposed to trying to figure things out for my own self. So when, like you mentioned, like if the banks are the ones investing in it, but selling you something different, watch what they do, not what they say, right? So same thing with the, with the wealth, with wealthy people, when they have assets to do things, you know, I want to try and mimic and learn and find out about those things because there's a reason they're wealthy. Um, it's just because they usually have better tools that they figured out a lot of times. Um, yeah, can I comment on that real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When we do it, the wealthy do, we will be successful and wealthy ourselves. Most wealthy people are not investing in a 401k. Most wealthy people either own real estate or they own their own business. And that's how they're getting wealthy. It's very rare, like the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world to have a company you know, do as well as he did with Facebook. There's some out there, but they're anomalies. Yeah, Most yeah. wealthy individuals, it's real estate in their own business. But here's what's interesting. They also own a lot of high cash value whole life insurance. And they do it for several reasons. One, the guarantees and tax for use but there's also a legacy planning generational wealth creation option here that when they pass away, you look at the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, all these wealthy companies, families like the Kennedys, when they pass away, the next generation always has more wealth. One of the best ways to transfer wealth is a permanent life insurance death benefit. So we haven't even really talked about that today. It's a part of it. It's not our main focus, but when you pass away, there's a larger legacy that you're going to leave behind. And then if that generation has life insurance and they pass away, the next generation will have even more wealth. And that's what these families have done. The generation ongoing will always have more wealth than the prior because of the way these policies are structured. 
But along the way, Cody, they've been able to use the cash in the policy as their own bank to go buy more assets like real estate and businesses. So my my question to that was um, on the end of that piece, right? I appreciate you talking about that because generational wealth is something that's extremely important to me. It helped drive the way that I was able to do the things that I did. That was my why, yeah. right? Because yeah. I started, I, I wanted to leave not just with my kids, but their kids and the kids' kids and kids' kids. So I, I, I generally don't like to look at asset value like a pile of cash that I need at retirement. I'm generally looking at like building income statements that will always come through, right? Like I love passive income. Uh, not all, I mean, the term passive income, I have a little problem with because it's not always a passive, but I do, but I, but I love mailbox money and I love the way to figure out, okay, if I can tweak this to get an extra $1,000 a month, and then a year from now, I can turn that to $2,000 a month. And a year from now, I get to 4000 you know, if I, and I start looking at compounding on cash flow, I, my, I, that's where I light up. And because the, well, the reason I think of that is because as long as that cash flow is continuing to grow, my kids can do whatever they want to go out to do. They can, they can follow those passion pieces that they want. You know, everyone talks about, like, go find something you love and you'll be successful at it, which is, you know worth its weight in salt but uh you know but i do agree that like it but i would be able to do that if they want to be able to have the options to do the things that they want to pursue that it's not in a chase for money and so that's my always been my why and so when i mentioned earlier like what are the you know if you're if you're seeing wealthy people do something you need to watch what they're doing not what they say and then mimic those things is it is is high value cash uh, or high cash value uh, life insurance policies for the normal guy. Yes. And that's what I'm trying to do is to educate Main Street, um, Street America that this is for them. I have clients, yes, putting in $100,000, $200,000 plus a year into these policies, Cody. But I also have clients that are starting off and doing five, six, seven dollars $700 a month. And that compounding over time turns into a great tax-free bucket of money for them. So this is for most people. You'll hear some myths out there on the internet about whole life insurance. It's only a tool for the wealthy or you have to be a particular age. No, I've got clients from age 20 to 70 and all different premium amounts that they're putting into the policy. And what I tell people often is look at your own numbers to see how it makes sense. And let's do some comparisons with where are you currently saving and investing money? If people will take ownership of, yeah, I have a 401k or yes, I have an IRA, but they haven't really recognized the problems in those types of investments. Today, I hope is somewhat of a wake up call to say, man, if I'm 35, and I can't touch this money for another 25 to 30 years, and I don't know what the outcome is going to be, do I want that in my portfolio? I'm all about control. And that's probably why you like real estate and businesses is you can control it. I don't wanna be in a mutual fund. I have no control. I'm yep. either in or out, but I'm not sitting on the board of the companies. I'm not making the decisions on what they're doing with their money. I want to be in control. Again, I'm not saying don't ever invest in the market. You shouldn't, though, have the bulk or majority of all your retirement dollars 
in a system, in my opinion, that's broken and volatile and you lack control. Well, a fun little exercise is to look at the top 10 biggest companies by decade. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but they change all like every decade. It's so amazing. Like everyone right now is like, well, you've got Amazon and Facebook and Google and they're just, you know, worth so much and they're amazing. Like a lot of the averages are going to say that they're not going to be the biggest companies in 20 years. Right. They they just, it's, it's a, it's a piece that falls apart. And so, um, you know, like you said, you're not in control of that. They're not in control of it. Right. And so what I like to do is when people start talking about big subjects, I am very much a micro guy, right? People say, oh, when I set my goals, I want this goal. I'm like, okay, when do you want to achieve it by? Because that's the stamp, right? That's when it makes it real. Oh, um, I don't know, 10 years from now. Okay, great. Here's what you need to do today, right? And you back it in. Like, here's what you need to do one year. Here's what 10 years takes. Here's what one year takes. Here's what one month takes. Here's what a week takes. This is what you have to do for the day. Can you make an extra $30 a day? Well, you probably make 30 bucks a day. Well, great. Then you'll be a millionaire. Like, what? <laughs> you know, because you, you do these things. And so like, I, I think about a lot of times you guys are in that bucket where, well, let's talk about what's going on today, right? NFTs. Like I'm looking at these things and they're like, they're going for millions of dollars and they're these little digital, you know, images of cartoons. And I'm like, Oh man, like that's the flash, right? That's the, that's, that's the, that's the sale to the guy that's going to be holding the bag at the end. And I feel like with, with the high cash value whole life, you all, y'all have math on your side because I've, I've interviewed a couple of people about infinite banking. You guys have math on your side, but it's not fun, right? It's not, it's not cartoon. You're not going to be a millionaire tomorrow, but you have the guarantee to get, you, you know what I mean? Like you have, you have a guarantee to hit a goal. And there's is a lot of math behind the way that you guys will explain it. But I feel like the marketing side of it is a lot easier to bash, right? Like it's like a lot easier. Like that's where like you're talking about, like with Wall Street guys and these things they're selling you. Like I feel like it's very easy to be like, oh yeah, look at the fees or look at this, or you know, you really want to make five percent a year when you can make 20 with me. Like I, I think it's a uh, I think yeah. it's a very different mentality to look at. And that's where the challenge is. What do you what do you think about that? It is. I see clients that get distracted with what I call the bright, shiny objects, (laughs) right? And they'll go chase returns. When you chase returns, you are also putting yourself at more risk. And, you know, financial advisors say, well, you got to take more risk to earn a higher rate of return. Well, more risk means a greater chance of loss. Mm -hmm. And we've got to equate those two together. So, think about it this way. If you had something that was guaranteed, predictable, liquid, and tax-free, would you want some of that in your portfolio? I think 10 out of 10 people would say yes. I'm not saying put all your money in that portfolio, right? But a portion of that should be in your portfolio. And then think about this, picture three circles in your mind and let's call these three circles tax buckets. And the first one is tax deferred. The second one is taxable. And the third one is tax free. Now, Cody, which of these three buckets do you like the best? Loaded question, man. Loaded question. <laughs> and, and everyone answers. Yeah tax-free, right? Yeah. But then the next question is very telling. Unless it's I, your money. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> everybody wants their money tax free, but they want everybody else's money super taxed. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that's what the yeah. government does. But the next question is telling, which is, well, where is most of your money? Yeah. And, and people will answer tax deferred. We want tax free. Why is most of our money tax deferred? So my job is to help people get to that position where it is tax free, but also not always chasing that bright, shiny object. Let's talk about true diversification isn't go buy different mutual funds in a different segment. True diversification would be different asset classes. Yeah, different vehicles to it, right? Yes. And so, um, well, let me ask you this because we've got a, we've got, I want to, I want to get into this because what I, I would hope that you can explain this a little bit better, but why is it called infinite banking? Yes. Right. So we're, we've kind of, we've really kind of ripped apart high value, you know, uh, high cash value life insurance, right. And the, and the benefits, but what, let's stop on the other side of this, because you told me before that this is, this was really what got you going and passionate about this portion of it is the infinite banking side. And so if you could kind of lay, lay some of the things that get you excited out about it, uh, out for us. Yeah. Think about taking a loan, whether it's for a car or a home or whatever, some some HELOC or investment in your business, et cetera, there's usually a lot of paperwork that you've got to fill out. There's time, there's things that you've got to provide. When you have a life insurance policy that has cash value, you can take a policy loan within three to seven business days, and it's one document to sign. Here's why being your own bank and using the infinite banking strategy is so wonderful to have in your life. Number one, the access to cash is very easy. Two, and get this, when you take a policy loan from your cash value, so here's some numbers. Let's say you've got $100,000 of cash value and you want a $50,000 loan. The life insurance company doesn't remove the $50,000 from your cash value. So you're still earning interest and dividends, Cody, on your full hundred. And you've got that 50 to, let's say, go invest in real estate. So your money is working for you in multiple ways. You have the real estate deal and you're still earning interest and dividends on the full 100,000 of cash value. There's no lost opportunity cost. When you see that working in your life, that's a way to create more wealth. Mm. And then we continue to add premiums and pay the loan back, et cetera, that grows cash value further so you can take more loans in the future buy more real estate down the road hold on so one second because i want to ask the caveat there yes. so uh two things one what i, I, I want to use real estate terms i'm trying not to so like what loan to value <laughs> can you borrow against on let's say you had a hundred thousand dollars in cash value there can you borrow the full hundred thousand would be my one question and two what kind of terms are you looking at let's say you wanted to buy a rental property Right? Can how what kind of terms do loan uh, do insurance companies lend out, or are you guaranteed to get it? Yep. So you can borrow up to ninety five percent of your total cash value wow. in any year. The terms today there's a five percent loan interest rate, but mm -hmm. because they don't remove the money, you're still earning that five percent compounding on the full hundred, and because it's your own bank, Cody you get to decide how you want to pay it back. 
they don't force you 30 or 45 days later to start making a payment. I have some clients that are real estate investors and they're into rehabs. Mm -hmm. They want to take down the home. They don't want to be thinking about a payment for six, nine, 12 months until the home's rehabbed and then sold. And then they'll pay the loan back all at once in a balloon payment. They don't have to pay back a payment. So you get to decide, do you want to pay it off in five years or 50 years or right in the middle of the term? Do you want to change the term? All that is flexible. Really? What I teach my clients is you're in control. You're the bank. You get to decide how you want to pay the loan back. All right. So I got math going in my head. Um, like, so if I were to take a hundred thousand dollar mortgage out on a property that I own free and clear, turn that in, can I turn, can I, can I stash that as a hundred thousand dollar policy? You sure can. Okay. One time. Yep. Okay. So if I borrowed at 3% and I'm, I put that into the hundred thousand dollar cash value, I'm going to make 5% on the money. So I can arbitrage the 2% to myself <laughs> uh, and then I can borrow the $100,000 back out at 5%, which is basically now, I'm, now I've am i got all my cash and I'm, I'm earning, well, I mean, basically a, a net zero. Sorry, I'm going into my, my, my real well, estate. Yeah, my first, like no, yeah. I love it. I love it. Think about this. When you pay the loan back at 5%, every month you're reducing the balance of the loan. So you're paying less interest over time, correct? Yeah. But on the flip side, that cash value is still earning compound interest. So it's growing, it's growing while the other one's shrinking. So it's, not, right. even, it's not a net zero. At, at face value, yeah, it's yeah. a net zero. Net yeah, zero. Yeah. But when we look at the true numbers, you still come out ahead because of the compounding. Because you're going to compound down and compound up, actually, basically. That's so, right. Okay. And so, because I, I really love like the BRRR strategy in real estate investing, which is buy, renovate, rent, uh, refinance, and repeat, right? And so, but it's a pain, <laughs> you know, because you've got a lot of rules in real estate funding and financing. But, uh, and so I think, you know, a lot of times in today's market too, if you can move fast with cash, that it's, it's you know, there's a way to arbitrage that. And that's what I'm trying to work through in my head. But um, I believe you could, you could pull this into that strategy and, and actually multiply it. As you a... can. And another scenario to think about, and you used an example of buying a hundred thousand dollar property outright with cash. What if you use the cash value for say the 20% down payment portion and still got bank financing or private lending for the other 80%. That's what I tell clients to do because early yeah. on, you may not have all the cash value initially to go take down a property with cash. But when you use a policy loan for the down payment, there's no lost opportunity cost. If you come out of pocket with cash, there is a lost opportunity cost. That cash isn't working for you elsewhere except the real estate. Yeah. But if you take a policy loan for the down payment, you've got the real estate working for you and you still have your total cash value working for you money's doing more than one thing. We call this the velocity of money, where your dollars are doing more than one thing at the same time. And oh, by the way, if you happen to pass away prematurely, there's a much larger death benefit that would then pass to your beneficiaries tax-free as well to pay off the real estate and still leave a bunch of money behind to your family. Yeah, I, I can see that. that um, 
how, how you could incorporate this in a real estate investing strategy pretty strong. Like this is, so do banks consider it liquid? Like, is this a, is it, you know, is a, because the access is quick, um, is it considered a liquid asset for most banks when they're determining lending capability to you? Correct. And check this out. Not only do they look at it as a liquid asset, the death benefit makes you a more advantageous borrower. If you walk into a bank yeah. and say, hey, I'll put up my death benefit through what's called a collateral assignment. Banks love that. You're more than likely to get the loan because had you passed away, they know that the death benefit will pay off their loan. They don't have to foreclose. They don't have to do a fire sell. They're going to get their money and the loan paid off very quickly. So banks love permanent life insurance as collateral and you're a more advantageous borrower because of it. Yeah, I can see how that would, would really work in like a community bank. You know, it'd be tough to pull off a Fannie Mae type of thing, but, uh, you know, Wells Fargo, but sure. a community banker would, would probably just jump all over that. Um, let me ask one last question uh, on this before we get on the high impact series, but um, how, how would you incorporate this with young people? So there's someone listening today as an adult, um, you know, they've got kids, they're listening to money talkers to figure out how to make things better for them in their lives. And, uh, and, and to what I, I love the fact you talked about generational wealth, because it is probably my number one driving factor and thought process as I go through the struggles of being an entrepreneur and an investor and those kinds of things. Uh, that's my why. And so how would you encourage somebody in that situation to, you know, dig further into this? Well, start today right? The best time to plant a tree would have been 20 years ago. But if you didn't do that, you should plant it today. And what we're talking about is taking advantage of the time value of money. The sooner you start a policy for you or your kids, the more growth you're going to have on the compound time frame because of time. So I do have clients that start policies for themselves and for their children, even if it's $100 a month for the kids, right? Yeah. At least that started and then you project that 30, 40, 50 years down the road, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars that they could potentially have, which my parents would have done that for me, right? And I'm sure you, you feel the same way. But it's starting looking at your numbers, what makes the most sense, we do want it to make financial sense, I never want a client to lose sleep over a premium payment. Mm -hmm. But you push yourself a little further because these policies do have flexible premiums where you can go lower if you had to, if there was a financial hardship, but ultimately get started today because yeah. of that time value of money in the compounding. Yeah. You know, that's, um, I've done the math where it's uh, in the compound interest piece. Like if you 16 to 76 and you do $40 a month, which is $10 a week, it's $2.1 million at a 9% return. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's, I don't understand why we don't place, you know, these things in, in, in our children's hands and our parents' hands, but we have, uh, I guess there's other motives that you've kind of explained as well. <laughs> um, but uh, so Barry, who should come find you and where they find you at? Yeah, my website is focuswealthgroup.com. That's the best place calendar link, webinars, phone number, et cetera, focuswealthgroup.com. I'm also searchable on YouTube. If you type in Barry Brooksby Infinite Banking, you'll see a lot of free webinar content come up where you can learn more about the strategy. 
Yeah, this one, like I said, it's not the it's not the crypto sexy. It's the uh, but it's it's the it's when you when you talk to people in your space, the confidence is what really shows through, right? Because it's tried and true. It's 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 you know I hate to say anything is fully guaranteed, but it's as guaranteed in the investing world as you can get. True. Right, and so um, that should that should help people. You know, I I, I I think that should help people feel that safety piece because. You know that I, I and I said I love the way you explained it about uh, on the negative press side of it because I I have found that I had a different perspective until I started digging in and then I said oh wait a minute <laughs> you know this is this is pretty important so I want to say thank you again for coming on Money Talkers and diving deep into that with me um, and uh, and then we'll get ready here for the high impact series. Thank you, Cody. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.